Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Evil Genius <laughs> uh, from from halfway around the world. And yeah, uh, <laughs> man, it's about five in the five thirty in the morning now, but that's all right. Well, at least like, you yeah, got up for a good it's game. It's a weekend. It's a weekend. I'll <laughs> stay up for the Cavs. They should beat the Knicks. Oof! And it's not just that they lost. It was that. Well, first of all, it was an awful game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what was the first the first half? The the Cavs scored thirty three points to the Knicks. The Knicks had like forty seven, I think. Forty seven, yeah. But but most of those came in the. I mean, they went on a like a nineteen to four run at the end of the at the end of the uh, half. So yeah. you know, for for a while there, I think both neither team both teams were closer to were were barely cracking like thirty percent from the field. And then in the fourth or in the third quarter, the Cavs cut it to four. They I, came all the way. Actually yeah, they, three. They actually yeah. cut it to three in the mid third and then it was four. And then that then the that Knicks run the Knicks went on. Like went 16, on was to, insane. Sixteen to three run to end the third quarter too. Yeah, yeah, and that run continued all the way up into the fourth where they were up twenty three. Yeah. Um and, and it's like, I hate this thing where the Cavs decide we're going to start playing really hard when we're down 23. <laughs> it's like, well, it's funny. Like, I actually, it's not that they weren't playing hard. They were, they were just, they were missing really easy shots. Mm-hmm. And then to, to the, to the Knicks credit, I mean, you know, Thibodeau is, he always puts that, you know, I mean, he's got his, his defensive stamp that he puts on these teams and you know i mean that's the way chicago was for years so um yeah i, I don't think, i think he's just got a he's got a lot of young big bodies that um you know that that, that bought into his defensive schemes and look they were packing the paint and daring the calves to shoot over them and and still doing a pretty decent job of closing out on Shooters and the Cavs really weren't running much of an offense at, at all. Like they no, were, I, there was yeah, a lot I, of ISO. There was a lot of like when they tried to pass the ball, they were, you know, it was getting deflected. And you know, I mean, that's that's what happens when you don't have guys that can consistently shoot the outside shots, or that you don't set up plays for to get outside shots. And you know, and it didn't help that Nance was pretty rusty on his yeah, first game back. One and nine, um, zero for five from three. Yeah, he was just he was just off. You could tell, yeah. and and uh, I mean, Jetty had an awful game, um, and 
Prince, after he hit that first three, which looked really good, was was also equally bad. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the three of them, the three of them combined to go like like three for like thirty or something awful like that. But yeah, it uh, was it was it was a really weird box score. Um, I will say, you know, a lot of what Austin Carr was talking about, and I don't know if you got the if you got the Cavs feed or if you got the Knicks feed. Yeah. No, no, I did. I, that's the nice thing about the um, the NBA.com app this year is that I don't know if it was in past years, but you know I'm I'm using it a lot now because I'm not at home. But uh, but they they you can buy each individual game for oh, like okay. two ninety nine a game. So I I don't buy them all because I can't watch them all. But well, the yeah, why I, would you? <laughs> yeah, well, but that's the nice thing is like yeah. normally it would have to like just subscribe to the whole the whole season and you know pay the you know 50 bucks a month or whatever the hell it is but you know paying 2.99 a game seems actually like like these and then they let you choose the the feed you want nice with the, you buy the game so i just you know it's nice to be able to listen to the guys and yeah and i really can, felt like what um austin was saying about pace and about yeah. how you know the knicks kind of lull you into their game into that half court game uh yeah. definitely when the Cavs were deliberately pushing the ball and pushing the place, pace, they were so much better. And then when they kind of fell into that half-court trap, they were just abysmal. And and like you said, it didn't even seem like the Cavs were running an offense. Uh, no. And it didn't seem like the players knew where the heck they were supposed to go half the time. Like, how many place, pace, or times did we see tonight when a pass went at a guy and the guy who wasn't supposed the guy who the pass was yeah. for didn't look and it like went over his head or he ducked and then somebody else grabbed it i was like the Cavs yeah. actually could have had a lot more turnovers than they did have they had 14 but there was a lot more bad passes than that yeah. or passes then, where the offense yeah. just didn't know where to go i agree but then I, additionally they had i mean they probably left they probably left at least you know, 14, 16 points in, in transition on the floor be, where they just blew, you know, no one was using the glass. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they, and they had these, the nice runs uh, at the, to start the game and to start the second half where, you know, they went up 11-3 or 13-3 even, um, it, you know, in the first quarter because, you know, they were getting, they were, they were not knocking balls loose and, and getting out in transition. And that's their game. That's the yeah. way they got to play when they don't have, have court sets. And, um, they do the same thing in, to, to start the, the second half too. And, and, you know, those are the times where Drummond and Okoro and Nance Jr. were, were all pretty active and, and, um, you know, and, and guys were getting easy buckets, but then, then they, just as they seemed like they were turning the corner, then they, you know, they went on that sort of run where they were missing easy, I think two or three in a row, just easy transition bunnies that, you know, those, those, those have to, those have to be points. Yeah. When you're playing a team like the Knicks, because, you know, like you said, they're just going to slow it down. They're going to dirty up the game. You know, they're, they're, they're hoping that they're hoping to have a game in the nineties or the eighties, you know, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the one teens and that's historically and score wise. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, that's, that's, that's sort of their game. And then, you know, people, I we were saying on a thread that, you know, with quickly is like a Cavs killer. And I, and I'm like, well, there's only really a, I mean, the sample size is tiny, you know, he's oh, played uh, yeah. Cavs and, 
Um, but look, the, he's, he, there's a reason why the kid was, um, I mean, he was the, he, he was the, the best scorer or what the MVP of the SEC last year. And that's, that's the same, you know, conference that, uh, Horrible. the number one overall all pick came out of too. So, uh, you know, but he didn't go till like halfway through the second round, probably because of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's, a, he's a heck of a shooter. No, I mean, no, no. He did. He was a 25th pick. Oh, was he? Tw- oh, okay. Yeah, they were talking late, about it. He was projected into yeah. the twenty-fifth pick or into the yeah. second round, late, but he late, yeah, late first round. I mean, look, yeah. but that, but a lot of that had to do with his size and oh, absolutely. Ability, yeah. But you know, but but he's you know he may be he may wind up being more of like an Isaiah Thomas type because I, I don't think his defense is all that good either. I mean, he and Garland were he's not had this that play. short. He's still six-three, so yeah. Maybe. You know, he's got, well, that's what the NBA lists him as. And he's got a really good burst. Um, yeah. And he's really good at getting a guy behind him or on his hip and being able to ward him off. And he also does that thing where he comes off the screen and somehow draws a foul. And there were two of those calls tonight. Well, he kicked, were he, just, he definitely kicked yeah. his leg out on two of them. So. Yeah. They were absolutely abysmal. <laughs> yeah. The officiating was really not good in that game all the way around. Like it just seemed like no, but, every other but, play, but it's certainly but the, not but, the reason. But that, yeah. But it shouldn't matter if you're yeah. making your shots, you know, like if, oh, you're, absolutely. if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing offensively, then, you know, yeah, you're going to get yeah. some bad calls, but when I mean, they had two calls that went against them, that were, that were clear, clearly off Nick players that they, you know, they didn't get the ball. So, yeah, I mean, it's, but again, you know, you lose by twenty. You have a thirty-three point first half. You know, you 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 know you. Uh, and the, the I mean, look, credit the Knicks. They were they were breaking down the Cavs' uh, zone defense, and I think sometimes you know they have to. Uh, you know, I mean, the Cavs really have to kind of evaluate that and say, like, well, if you're getting beat on back cuts and yeah. you know you're letting guys go over the top on you then you you know then you then you have to start mixing things up a little bit so yeah i thought the other thing about the Cavs, they telegraphed a lot of their passes it's really yeah. easy to make rotations and yeah. i felt like everything everything the Cavs did was to the first read instead of you know letting the play develop and going to the second and third option because yeah. and, and andre drummond drives me nuts he had that turnover it was either coming out of halftime or in the fourth quarter when he came in where he just, the guy ran the back cut or Colin Sexton ran the back cut and he threw the bounce pass to him. And it was like, there's three guys on him. It was like, that pass yeah. is never getting through. Well, and he threw it and he like bounced past it, like into it. Like it was pretty high and yeah, it just had no, it just had no shot of succeeding. And what yeah, the, there was a lot of that tonight. Like what or, they could have used, what they could have used tonight. And I said this on the thread, they, they could have really used a big, like, Love, who can shoot, or mm-hmm. or even Nance Jr. Who, if he wasn't rusty, yeah. you know they needed they needed a big that could pull out and and really start to unclog the paint a little bit. But yeah, you know, well, there was the, sorry, no, because there, there was long stretches where where JB played, uh, you know the the two bigs with Drummond and and Allen, and you know the that was just getting torched by outside shooting. So for the Knicks. Yeah, and I and I thought Larry Nance Jr., you know, a twofold problem. One, he was rusty. 
to um, the Cavs did not pass to him enough in the half court. Like Larry Nance Jr. is a really good, you know, wheel man in the half court. Yeah. And they against that Nick zone, you know, the the go to has been, you know, flash Larry to the high post and use him to run cutters and swing passes to the wing. And it just felt like there was one guy with the ball and four guys standing around a lot yeah. of the night. Um, the other thing that I'll, that I really noted is the Cavs were really bad setting screens tonight. And that's part of yeah. the reason that nobody could get open, like on ball and off ball, just the screens were really lazy. Um, and say what you want about Mitchell Robinson, but the man sets a hard screen. Half the time it's no, illegal. He's a, walking, he's a walking, moving screen. <laughs> Half the time it's illegal, but man, does he set a hard screen. He's definitely a future Golden State Warrior, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boston Celtic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that too. <laughs> it, it was rough. And, you know, the best player offensively, at least for the Cavs, was Darius Garland with 24 points and really came alive in the early third when he was hitting those pull-ups. Um, but man, I hate his, I hated his shot selection in the first half. Yeah. And like he needs to be more assertive about sh- shooting threes. Like he should be shooting about eight a game. Um, but also his, uh, I thought his court vision was terrible tonight. Too. Oh yeah. Like the Cavs had that shot of coming back when they cut it to 12. Like it was a long shot. And then he just had that turnover just yeah. in transition where he just threw it to the Knicks. And it's like, and the Cavs, like, I can't believe they only had four, tur- 14 turnovers. Cause it sure seemed like the passing was Twice a lot worse than that. Yeah, it seemed way more than more than that. But yeah, yeah I guess you know, some of the like loose ball things they don't call as turnovers. But yeah, man, yeah, it was just it was a you're right, it was a sloppy, unfocused game, and they just got outworked by yeah uh, by the Knicks, which doesn't happen often to this Cavs team. They don't typically get outworked, yeah. and uh, and, and so know, I don't know, I, maybe they oh, maybe they took the foot off the gas a little bit from the you know from the Detroit win, you know, the big Detroit win, but. Um, but you wouldn't think that, you know, I mean, they I think they were clearly they were clearly force feeding uh, Nance early. And then when his shot wasn't going, you know, it be, it just turned into iso ball. So. Yeah. And I really like Colin Sexton. He was super passive in the first half. Yeah. Um, I mean, he only took he only took like four shots, I think. In the yeah. And like when you're a team's leading scorer and you're scoring 25 points a game, like, I get that you've got to get to, you know, y- you think your game can come and, you know, let the game come to you and get everybody else involved first, but they needed his offense. You know, when you're yeah. sitting there in the mid second quarter and you've, you've got less than 30 points, uh, it, it's time to, uh, to be a little more assertive. Yeah. Um, Especially I, against the, especially against a team that you're likely going to be in competition with for the one of the last playoff seeds. Oh, for sure. And I, I thought the other thing is, is a lot of times in the first half when Darius Garland turned the corner, he was super hesitant. Like he would have a lane to the basket, and then the defense would be bending, and then he'd you know back that out. And it was like, yeah. But then in the in the third quarter, he was driving into triple teams and as yeah. was Colin. Yeah, that's true. And it, it was a rough one. And, and, you know, Drummond obviously had the rebounding going, but you know, two for seven. Oh uh, yeah. 
I was shocked. I thought he had he was like he was a he was a virtual lock to get his nine thousand nine thousand point tonight. He only needed seven, but he only scored four. So yeah, and oddly only played twenty four minutes despite you know being plus one in the game and having zero personal fouls. Um, you know, I it, it was an odd game all the way around, and a little bit. I don't know if you got to watch the Lakers game last weekend. No, I didn't get. I didn't get a chance. Well, to you go. didn't miss much, but it reminded me a little bit of the Lakers game, in the way that the Cavs kind of didn't show up in some ways. And this game, it really felt like the Cavs felt like they could turn it on and off. Mm. And clearly, they're not at that level. No, but, they're yeah. still they're still too early in their development to be able to do that kind of yeah. thing, especially with with especially with with Nance being rusty. I think. That was a big, you know, because there were some threes that that didn't go down for Larry that, you know, that certainly would have would have given them a, a shot in the arm. Um, I, I still liked. I, I thought Okoro played well. I thought he he still brought the the same sort of defensive intensity that, yeah. he, that he typically got some does. tough calls against him. He did, and and I think he's got to get better at finishing. Um, yeah, you know, he's. I mean, all of these guys, I feel like none of them used the glass except for Jared Allen. On he had a couple of really nice plays. He had that. Uh, yeah, had that also nice missed some bunnies nice though spin too. Move where he banked, yeah. it, spun and banked it off the glass. But you know, like guys were guys are missing these little like floaters, and you know, and. Um, I mean, there were a couple that couple transition like back to back transitions that that Jetty missed. One got blocked by. Oh yeah, that was terrible. Uh, yeah, but the one before that, he just sort of like kind of like just you know weakly tossed it up and yeah, know, got like, swatted in the next the, week. Yeah, put that off the glass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just that's just. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I it's kind of forgivable with the with the younger younger players, but you know, Jetty's been in the league like five years now and just feels like. You know, you gotta. I mean, you gotta know that kind of stuff, especially yeah. you know, breaking out in transition like that. So, yeah, for sure. You know, I, it's I, weird. I, I, honestly, like, I, I think if if I was only basing it on the games that I've seen this year, I would say he's like one of the worst players ever because he, he <laughs> so rarely has a good game when I watch him. But it's then he goes Schroeder's off cat. games when I don't. So it might, it might just be a me thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the umlaut effect. <laughs> Seriously, Never. I, honestly, yeah. he's, I've, he's been just abjectly horrible when I watched him this year. So. Yeah, it's funny, and he was awful tonight. Um, and the bench in general just got destroyed. Oh, um, destroyed. you know, Colin yeah. Sexton minus ten as a starter was the worst, but um, you know, Chetty Osman minus twenty eight, Dylan Windler minus twenty three, Jared Allen minus twenty two, um, and a lot of that was because you know. Uh, quickly, obviously, and then Nerlens yeah. Noel and Austin Austin Rivers was definitely a oh, lot Austin better. Austin Rivers was just throwing up trash that would, would that would fall in, man. It was <laughs> yeah. crazy. It was like yeah, that one where he took that running hook against three guys <laughs> from the right <laughs> block and it and it went in, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was a it was an odd game. I mean, obviously, R.J. Barrett with 24 points for the Knicks looks a lot better than the R.J. Barrett we saw last year. Oh yeah, he definitely and looks like he's taking his game to a next level. Yeah, um, he he looked really sharp. They're doing a, you know, I read some stuff uh, like last week. They're doing a really good job of kind of scheming around his left hand dominance and mm. putting him in situations where. You know, he can either spin back to it or, 
you know, the floor is balanced so that he has options, even though he's, he's going to go left most of the time. Um, right. And, you know, their offense is basically him and Julius Randle and whoever gets hot that night. And tonight it was was quickly. Yeah. Who, you know, had 25 points and five assists or no, I guess three assists and, you know, five of eight from three. Um, but typically when anybody other than Darius Garland was guarding him, he, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't nearly as effective. So Yeah, well, I will say Dylan Wendler and Chetty got burned a lot on offense or on defense. Like Dylan Wendler uh definitely was a step away from you know where he should be defensively. I really liked his offense and the way he played, but yeah. uh he didn't really seem to know where to funnel his guy and where the help was. And I don't yeah. know if that was his fault or the fault of the bigs, but it was it it was definitely not the Cavs defense in the second half that we've seen the rest of the season. No. Like, it felt like they were trying to get it done on offense and defense was an afterthought. And but that's that's sort of the thing like I I I guess I wondered why I mean, I, I, mean, I, I I don't I don't know as well as maybe people that have been watching all of the games, but you know, like, why wouldn't you, I mean, why not go to Dotson? I mean, I, I guess I, people have said he hasn't been shooting that well lately, but he couldn't have shot much much worse than the other guys that were out there did. And and maybe you get a little bit of that revenge game factor from him, you know? I mean, at least you know that he can, he's streaky, but he can shoot the three. Yeah, so. I mean, I thought it was real weird. We saw Dean Wade for six minutes at the end. Who looked who looked like completely lost. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm, and, and maybe that was, okay, show me. Oh, for two, two turnovers and a foul. <laughs> and it should have been three because he traveled like he took yeah. like four steps on the on one one that he shot that he had. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought Damien helpful. I honestly will get some backup point. Leave Chip yeah. going to play like I that. Agree. I would like to see some JaVale, too, but I get the sense that they're probably keeping yeah. him out to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Well, so they JaVale was awful. In the Lakers game, I recap, but oh was, yeah, that's true. I guess he was he was painfully bad. He was shacked in a fool bad. Although there were yeah. some shacked in a fool moments in that game, like that time that Jared Allen dived on the floor to get that loose ball, and oh, yeah. somehow Nerlens Noel just all he had to do was pick the ball up, but somehow fumbled out of bounds and gave the ball back to the Cavs. It was that's like, Nerlens though, man. He's yeah. not not got great hands, unfortunately. No, but. if if Nerlens Noel had hands, he'd probably be fifty million dollars richer. <laughs> but like Julius Randle, like like fouled Jerry Allen a couple of times on the way down oh, that, yeah. on that play, and that went uncalled. So. Oh yeah, no, I actually thought Jared Allen played really well, even though. His defensive positioning when kind of picking up guys from the perimeter was a little rough at times, but, um, he, he definitely, he's so fundamentally sound and he yeah, doesn't. I like, I like that kid. I mean, do, and, and yeah. they were, unfortunately, I mean, sort of unfairly to him, they, there was a lot more sort of like pick and, and pop things they were trying with him in, in the sort of the, from the top of the, yeah, like maybe foul line, you know, out as opposed to like trying to find him on the on the roll underneath, which felt yeah. like Garland missed a couple of, of those opportunities. He had he had one really nice uh, alley oop in the I think the second quarter, but then um, yeah, I just wanted to see more of that, and I just I just felt like I just felt like uh, 
Garland just just his vision wasn't there tonight. Like he just yeah. really was. Well, and they were really jamming the paint, like you said. Yeah, it just was. It was hard to score inside, and it never felt. You know, again, like uh, the Lakers game a little bit, it never felt like they adjusted and, you know, shot more threes. I mean, what was it? The right. Lakers game was... At least ins- they were in the Lakers game. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Lakers game was insane because uh, between um, Garland and Dylan Windler, they played 37 minutes and shot zero threes. Like, it's like, how do you do that? Like, how do those two guys, literally your two best shooters, not get a three-point attempt? So, yeah, I, it, it I was know. frustrating. It, it might just be, it might be because, I mean, Windler's only really played, what, like five or six games now yeah. this year? So, I mean, it, it may truly just be that they, they haven't, they don't have a plan for him yet. Like, they haven't yeah. really, like, focused on scheming him open. You know, I mean, clearly he's got, you know, he's, he's got some talent. He's, he's got a nice stroke. If you can find some, you know, find some, some, uh, you know, some perimeter plays for him and, you know, maybe, you know, try to, try to drop some Corver-esque plays where, yeah. you and know, then, if you can either get him freed up at the, you know, at, in his desired location from, you know, from the three point line or, or have it be a, you know, like that, that option where he can cut to the, cut to the hoop and, and, you know, and score that way. Like, it feels like that would be a better use of his time, but. For sure. Yeah. And, but the problem with that is, you know, twofold, you know, guys got to set off ball screens for him for yeah, that to true. be effective. Yeah, no, like you said, tonight they were <laughs> awful. They were awful at setting screens tonight. Yeah. And because he's not a guy who's going to be great at scoring with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, and the, the other side of that is that the passing's got to be better and more, you know, precise. Yeah. Um, and, and the other side of this is, you know, it's not going to be crystal clear every night. You're crystal sharp every night because these guys haven't played together that much. I mean, yeah. you know, Jared Allen just got and Taurine Prince just got there last week. You know, uh, Garland is back. Larry Nance Jr. is back. Um, you, you know, it feels like they're getting somebody back every week and then somebody else is dropping out and, you know, these lineups just haven't played together all that much. So yeah. that, that, that's part well, of it for sure. Look, I, I felt like the, you know, two of their better games were against the Nets and they, those came after essentially like a, like a, a, a full week of getting rest and practicing. That's also true. Yeah. They had the, the two, uh, Wizards games that got canceled. You know, and then this week has been, you know, you had, you had like the, you had the back to back Celtics Lakers and then, you know, a, a nice, a nice cleanse the palate win against the, the Pistons. And then, you know, this is the, this is a small road trip, but, you know, like I think, I think they probably, like you said, like they, they just felt like they could flip the switch with against the Knicks and, you know, it started off well, you know, with that that big, you know, sort of run in, in transition to to open the game. But you know, the ne- the the Knicks dragged them back down into the their style of game, and yeah. uh, you know, they and then same thing in the third quarter, like they they rushed out to that big that big start and looked like closed the lead to three or four, and then you know, then the the Knicks style and and half court defense caught up to them and the game was over basically. So, you know, look, I, I hope they can, I hope they can take at least one of the, the two games against the wolves coming up. I mean, they should be able to take both if they, if they really, um, 
put forth the effort that that they had had going before this game. But um, you know, you're going to have games like this clunkers. Unfortunately, it this is these are the last sort of seemingly winnable games for a while because February yeah. looks really brutal. So. Yeah, and it's funny because the Cavs have somehow played, I was reading today, the eighth hardest schedule, um, and it feels like... <laughs> it's only going to get tougher. Well, but the crazy thing is, is if we make it to the second half of the season, like, they're showing all the teams tonight that they hadn't played yet. Like, they haven't even played the Bulls. They haven't played a lot of these really bad teams yet. So yeah. there is a chance in the second half of the, the Wizards, season. They yeah, they haven't game. played the Wizards. Um. And, and just, you know, looking back a little bit on earlier this week, it, it's a, a little odd that they changed the starting lineup tonight. Um, I can't remember. It was Drummond, Sexton, Garland, Nance, and, uh, Okoro. And then, of course, Chetty Osmond started against the Pistons. Um, and, you know, in the Pistons game, they played really well, uh, shot 54%, 52% from three. Uh, you know, the offense was clicking, but the other side of that coin is the Pistons literally might be the worst team in the league and they were missing their best player or, you know, one of their yeah. top two players. So it was, and we, you know, we didn't recap that game, but it was a super fun game. Tareen Prince was awesome. That game, you know, scored 20, 20 points off. I'm sorry, 16 points off the bench, but yep. And it, I, the live thread was super fun because I was, you know, putting up pictures of Bob Dylan and and yeah. Prince and nice, <laughs> yeah. And it was just none of that fun to be had tonight, unfortunately. I'm bummed about. Well, I'm bummed about my uh, just just with the, for whatever reason, I I haven't been able to get the 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 graphics and memes to work while I've been over here. So oh. So yeah. I've I've been reduced to like you know like like just funny comments and posting <laughs> Twitter feeds, but uh, you know. Well, if you I if you want help yeah. with that, let me know. I'll I'll hopefully yeah, be around to so. help next game. My uh my I I was supposed to have a uh a date tonight and it was it was cut short yeah, a little bit by family, so that's okay. Um, yeah. So that I got to pod with you, so so. No, no, that's know. always a good. You're thing you're a solid that. consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. I enjoyed I enjoyed the the one you and Tom did last week. That was oh, a lot good. of fun. Yeah, I, and yeah, last week was a lot of fun for sure. Um, and we you know we went a little shorter. I have not. I'll I'll be honest. I have not followed the NBA that much, other than to say, wow, the Jazz are you know really good. I'm, yeah. I'm watching them destroy Dallas tonight. Like Dallas just, they were up 31 11 with two minutes left in the first. Um, wow. you know, and the crazy thing is Mike Conley, who was pretty bad last year, playing like, literally playing like an MVP candidate. So well, maybe he's finally healthy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's hope so. And, um, I don't know if you, you probably haven't had a chance to watch anybody else really. No, because I because I'm I mean I guess if I'd have bought the 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 full like league pass thing I, yeah. I would but most of these games have been so I mean I have to get up at like you know <laughs> right two in the morning to to watch them so um, although I, I guess that the good news is um, uh, with that stretch coming up at least there'll be some games starting at like 5 a.m. my time. So those, those will be less insane to to get up for and and hopefully help you cover. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a it's been a weird season for sure. Um, you know, it, it feels like there's a lot more teams hovering around 500, but it, we're also about only 20 percent in. Yeah. Um, you know, and we kind of know who the really good teams are. Uh, Jazz certainly being a surprise, but um, are you surprised the Bucks aren't better? I feel like they're not. I don't know. I and they lost they, to New Orleans tonight. Yeah, they seem really unfocused, um, and they also seem like they don't maybe have enough guns. Um, I, so I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of what happened in the bubble is still taking a toll on them. Um, right. you know, with the, um, just the problems in Wisconsin, and you know that that, that was a not very long ago and kind of an emotional roller coaster. You know yeah. what I mean? That's true. Um, and, and I feel like there's time for I just them. Figured with Drew, I just figured with Drew Holiday, they they would that would be the kind of the key because then, I mean, that's a nice big three with Giannis, uh, Middleton, and and Holiday. I would think. Yeah, and know. I'll be honest. I haven't watched them enough to to really figure anything out. It's funny that the the Nets won four straight after. <laughs> yeah, know, well, you knew they you knew they'd start putting it together. I yeah. mean, and, I mean the com the competition hasn't been quite as as strong either. I mean, what they they hit they hit Oklahoma City with almost 150 points tonight. So yeah, you know. Well, well it's funny because I do feel like a little My bit God, of a, they had they had almost they had nine guys in double figures. Wow, that's crazy. I do feel like a little bit about what's going on with the Cavs is what AC talked about in, you know, the Lakers and Celtics game is, you know, the Cavs are around a 500 team now and they're not sneaking up on guys anymore. You know, part, yeah. part of the games that the Cavs won last year was where and and I will say a lot of this happened in the in those Nets games, you know, they just didn't take the Cavs seriously and you know right. the Cavs kind of you know stole a win a few times and well also Brooklyn has no defense. I mean they're well, winning yeah. they're winning games by outscoring teams like like tonight it was one one forty seven to like one thirty five or something like that. Oh like, for sure, but I, I'll I'll say you know teams are actually scouting the Cavs now. You know yeah no that's true. Well certainly Sexton and Drummond I would say yeah. they are yeah so you know because at least those guys will make you pay if you don't pay attention to them but for sure for sure but uh and you know look hopefully garland gets there you know i think he's still it's still too early to you know for teams start game planning him unless he starts getting you know really starting to develop his yeah his i was really disappointed shot. in garland i i did i thought he looked really sloppy but you know he, he yeah, ended up he, being the leading scorer he had a so. nice he had a couple of nice stretches i mean certainly he got it going later in the game it was a little bit too little too late unfortunately yeah. but you know, if he can, if he, it's, it's, look, it sometimes takes these guys a lot to put full games together. And, um, I mean, it's still only his, what, like, he hasn't even played a full 82 games yet. Yeah. I mean, has he played, has he even played, uh, what, eight games this year? Even that much? Yeah. Let me, well, now I'll just pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> this is always the best part the, of the Cavs, miracle the of the internet. No, just the, the when, hot uh, researching action <laughs> that we have going here. We are Cavs totally blog. prepared. So he's yeah. played ten games this year, fifty nine last year. So you know he hasn't even played a full season's worth of games. Yeah. Um. 
I did see where Love is supposed to come back in the next week or two, though. So that well, you would help. think because he was supposed to be out three to four weeks, and that was a month ago. Yeah, well, maybe maybe he re-injured it when Garland jumped on his back with that one game. <laughs> that was a Coro, I thought. No, it was Garland. Oh, it was Garland, you're right. You're yeah. right. If I think it would have killed him if it was a Coro. Yeah. Because yeah. Garland probably weighs like 150 pounds soaking wet, and. Akoro probably is twice that, so yeah. not twice that, but you so, know what I mean. Probably so we year. haven't had you on since the, uh, the KPG exodus. Yeah. Uh, just what a sad situation. Like, yeah, I saw that. I saw the, um, the Rockets assigned him to the G League, uh, today yeah, or I yesterday. I actually think that's really good for him. And oh, I, it's, it's yeah. really good for him. I'm, I'm actually surprised the Cavs didn't do that. But. Well, there was no G League to assign him to. Oh, I guess that's true. I, yeah, I, yeah, like it, it literally sense. just started. Yeah. So, you know, so you that can't really a, blame that the Cavs for that one. Do you think it's weird, though, that like, look, I'm not I'm not trying to defend the guy. I think he's clearly he's had, you know, some difficulties in his life. Anybody, you know, forgetting the that, you know, the, the charges against him were all for the most part dropped. Like, what the hell are you doing out? at 2 a.m. in driving to Youngstown. Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah, that, that was all odd. What, yeah. What I don't know happen? if you saw how what bad he totaled happen? the car, but the pictures were like, he oh, yeah, was I lucky he was not hurt. I saw the pictures. It was pretty... Yeah, it was pretty hardcore. But, like... But, um... On, on a flip side of that, uh, if you're the Cavs, and you're... You know that he... You're... You've... Part of your plan is you're going to have him come back and sit on the sidelines for the first time in a while and rejoin your, his teammates. Why in God's name would you have given his locker space to Torian Prince? You know, like, like, like knowing that that was part of your plan. That just seems like really like not well thought out, I guess. Yeah, I, it's it's a two sided thing. Like it could just been an oversight. Doesn't really, you know feel like it was maybe an oversight but the other side of that is you know you don't want to think they're playing head games with the guy but the other side of that is you know maybe they made the change to say hey and that i don't know if it was done actively or not but if the guy can't you know deal with this situation how is he going to deal with something that's actually you know really meaningful you know well, maybe sure, they had to see you know but why is take actually, all that why why yeah, take no, all that i know actually? you know, to, to do that. And then, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then go about, um, you know, and then, and then just kind of like, like undermine it that way. Like it just seems, it just seems like, it seemed like a, like a silly, and I feel like we don't know the whole story. Like yeah, I, I feel like there's, and I've, there's I've, elements to it that are just are still a little cloudy. So I've run into that a little bit, just, you know, with some people that I talk to on Twitter and it's like, and one of the, themes is that you know kobe altman for all the way he's kind of flipped assets into better assets and you know turn the red paperclip into a telescope he has not always been great about the human element of you know managing players and managing you know different egos and all that kind of stuff and you you saw that when you know somehow five games into the season after they drafted Colin Sexton, they're suddenly tanking and, you know, right. Ty Lue quits, you know, however many games into the season. It's like you feel like you could have managed that situation, the expectations a little better. 
and you know the kpj thing is that again of or when you know kevin love is pouting last year when tristan thompson's you know angry at colin sexton it's like what why is this a consistent theme of guys being ticked off and feel and it seems like there's a communication issue you know what i mean like yeah somebody's always frustrated the other the flip side of that is this is a lot of egos to manage Every team is weird, you know. You know they don't have a James Harden. <laughs> yeah. No, and and look, the truth is, if they felt like, if they felt like it was a danger to the 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 very sort of embryonic culture that they're trying to build for this team, um, then you know it was the right move. But yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad that that the kids got this this level of of you know, of uh, personal problems that clearly he's got stuff to work through. And it's too bad that, I mean, cause it does seem like they, they, they really tried to stand behind him as far as, you know, as far as been, has been reported, but, um, you know, but and at, it, it and was... at the same time, it's like, it's, it's too bad if, if you have a situation like that, that, you know, he, that it wasn't something where he was more established or, or that it was less, less sort of, contentious where they could have at least got some return for, you know, for, instead of just sort of giving him away for a, a second round pick that'll never convey. But, yeah. It was uh, super weird. The, the way the story broke too, because, you know, I can't remember who broke it. It was, was it Jason Lloyd or, or Joe Varden, but it wasn't one of the normal Cavs beat guys that have, you know, uh, from the plane dealer or, yeah. And it was super odd the way it went down and it was it it broke like 3 days after it happened and you kind of got the feeling like maybe this was all covered up and then this all happened a week later when the Cavs have generally for the last year or two you don't you don't get a lot of leaks uh and you right. don't you don't hear a lot of what's going on in the day to day and Maybe it was one of the new guys, you know, between Allen or Prince, or maybe it was, um, who, what, it wasn't Joe Varden. It was, uh, who writes for the athletic? Oh, Kelsey Russo? No, no, now it's going to drive me nuts. Jason Lloyd? No, the other guy, the guy that used to, oh, Joe, it was Joe Varden. Joe Varden broke it. Um, yeah. And he had not actually covered the Cavs in a while. He's been generally, you know, NBA at large um, right. before that. And it was an odd thing where it wasn't like probably broken through the normal channels. And then the Cavs really had to scramble where it felt like, hey, maybe they could have salvaged something out of this. But that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Well, in any case, it's it's a shame all the way around. I, I hope that he uh, finds a, a fresh start in Houston. Yeah. I also thought, I also thought it was, I mean, you know, my, I mean, it, it seemed from the heart, the, the post that he put up and leaving. Oh, you know? I did. I didn't see that one. Yeah. No, he, he just put a, put up a post. I think it was, you know, I don't know if it's Twitter or Instagram, whatever, just social post, uh, saying, you know, just saying thank you to the, the fans and the organization. And, uh, I mean, you know, he did, didn't have to do that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's trying to work towards salvaging his image going forward, it it certainly helps. But but that's typically not something you 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 would necessarily feel like you'd have to do for a you know for a team that sort of uh, 
decide to part ways that in that fashion with you. But um, but I, I wish him well. Hope he I hope he winds up having a good career. And um, I mean, oh for I'm, sure, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he's in the Western Conference <laughs> in case he doesn't does become a you know like one of these young stars. But um, yeah, yeah. And, and can we get chicken tortilla off the menu, EG? Like, I don't think it was how, that. How they, are the Cavs the only team in the league that have had? They said it wasn't soup. They said it was like I a know. box lunch or something. But. but it's just funny. They're the only team in the league with two food throwing incidents in the last. No, years. I know. I know. <laughs> they, they're gonna have to put up a new sign like "No food fights." <laughs> exactly. I mean, it it is pretty crazy. Yeah. So this is what he said, Cleveland. Thank you for giving me a chance to. Ch- Changed not only my life, but my family's as well, and in believing in me. To my to the beloved city, the fans, my brothers, I gained the coaching staff, the entire organization. I appreciate you and will never take the relationship we have for granted. Everything we shared together was real and it was always it will always be a forever love. Thank you for being there and welcoming me as family every step of the way, making a Seattle youngster feel at home in Ohio. Forever grateful for the moments we created and the best of luck to you all. For me, I'll always be grateful for that and now look forward to the next chapter in my journey. Love always. So, yeah, didn't have to do that, obviously. Yeah. Um, and to that degree, either. I mean, you know, yeah. it definitely felt like something that, you know. I hope it's I'm something. Sure he was, I'm sure he was sorry about how it went down and what happened. Yeah. And he probably lost his temper. And, you know, I mean, look, he's, he's it's still not he's the first 20, time. 20, 21 year old kids. So. I, I believe he's still only 20. Yeah. Um, it was super weird. Like I thought the ref incident last year where he sh- basically went out of his way to run into the ref obviously was super odd and something I've never really seen from a player. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that hopefully he learns from this and turns. Yeah. And, and I will say the other thing is. Isaac Okoro seems not remotely cut from the same cloth. No. Like, just very mentally tough, gets a lot of tough calls against him, kind of shrugs his shoulders and moves on and, you know, seems, I think I said on an earlier podcast, kind of has a cornerback mentality where he just forgets the last play. So, no, I I really like Okoro. I think, um, you know, I mean, obviously his scoring is going to probably suffer this year because he's a rookie and because they're not really, they don't really yeah. run plays for him. He doesn't really, you know, that's not really his style. Um, but there, there will be games, I believe this year where, you know, he'll get, he'll get some, he'll get some points in transition. He'll get some, a couple of, he'll have a couple of threes, maybe get hot. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll have some nice plays around the, around the basket if he starts really figuring out how to finish well um you know we'll, we'll be surprised some games with outbursts but for the most part i i expect the the kind of like you know the the standard like you know eight points on three or four shots with with but with some just stellar lockdown defense of you know the other team's better players for 35 to 37 minutes a game like that just seems like what's in the cards for for him this year and that's fine like that's a good piece to build with going Absolutely. forward um and you know with the with the development that sexton's had you know with hopefully the the continued development that we see out of garland you know as you said like he really should be looking for you know for his shot his three-point shot more most importantly and realize that that's a big deal for this team like they're on a team which doesn't have 
a tremendous amount of um, knockdown three-point shooters, for him to become one would be a really big asset. Uh, yeah. In addition to his, you know, hopefully improving floor vision too. Um, I don't know what they do with Drummond. Um, I don't know <laughs> if, if you try to if you try to just stick it out and just just know that he's going to walk at the end of the year and just and just see how far this takes you. I think the next month will go a long way and I don't know when when is the trade deadline this year I believe it's in March and it's okay. after the first it's after the first half schedule right okay um, so so look February will be a big test I think I think if they come out of February I mean I think they have something like they have something like 17 games in February and and I could see them going you know 2 and 15 in those 17 games like it's it's a it's a real the schedule meat is brutal yeah is a meat grinder of a schedule and even the one even the easier like more like like opponents they i think they, they they're out west and they have to face them on the road and but like it's a several like back to back situations so i i think that uh it's going to be hard i mean they'll they'll keep fighting i i would imagine but uh, i could see them look at the after february you know, being maybe, you know, 10, 10 to 12 games out of, of uh, a playoff spot and saying like, well, there's, there's really no reason to, to not try to maximize, um, you know, the, 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 the Andre uh, Drummond chip that they have. So yeah. yeah Cause I, otherwise he walks away at the end of the year for nothing. Right? Yeah. And of course, <laughs> The rumor, you know, there's a lot of very dumb reports last week of one of them was that Kevin Love was going to get bought out and go to the Nets, which is when you realize he has like literally $80 million left on his contract. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. no. No. Uh, and of Kevin course, then Kevin Leary Glove will, will always be a Cavalier. He is. The, <laughs> he is unfortunately. Um, I mean, look, he helped the team win a championship and he's a, he seems like a terrific person. Um, you know, he's done a lot for mental health in the NBA. However, his contract is, is Danny Ferry esque at this point. Yeah. Um, the modern day equivalent for sure. Um, well, and then the crazy thing is then immediately after that, the next rumor is the Cavs are going to buy out Andre Drummond and he's going to sign with the Nets. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Well, and then no. of course they were talking about trading Drummond and Love, and I when you realize, you know, those guys make so much they'd literally have to trade Kyrie to do that. It that's right. not going to happen either. So a lot of BS rumors about the Cavs. Um No. I mean look, the only one the only the only move with the Nets that seems even somewhat quasi feasible is is if they move JaVale there for, you know, whatever a second if they round are pick. allowed because yeah, he can slot well, into a trade exception they have. Yeah, exactly. If they're allowed to trade, you know, the twenty thirty first round pick or something <laughs> like that, I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, well, that's what the was the one I heard? Could... It was uh, Nick Claxton was who is a, a was a rookie last year. Uh, okay. might, might be the guy that that the Cavs. Hey man, I wouldn't mind getting him. Landry Shamit back if you know if they're down <laughs> for that. Yeah, I mean he he has been on like five different teams already, but which is insane. Yeah, no, I mean it's not, he's, he, he's a guy that's just passed and passed and passed and passed around. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny. Like Tom and I were talking about Jeff Green the other day and how many teams he's been on now, and like Jeff Green, the funny thing is he's playing really well, and I yeah. was like, 
um, I was like, yeah, he's the answer to a trivia question. Who are the only players drafted by the Sonics still playing in the NBA? Yeah, that's true. It's him and Durant. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny, actually. Well, you know, it's interesting about Jeff Green, though. Like, instead of being a guy that's passed around, he's just the guy that signs a one-year deal. <laughs> every year, a yeah. deal every year with a new team, you know? Yeah, but I don't... Did you see his shooting numbers this year? They're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, if he'd have shot like that in 2017, uh, the Cavs might have had two two rings. He um, plays... He, he, Played pretty well on the. Well, I guess it was a fall. What was that year where he, him and LeBron, he just went nuts against that in the Sixers game, and they yeah. came back from like a thirty point deficit in the fourth quarter to almost win. Yeah. Well, he's shooting forty six percent so far from three this year, which is just yeah. insane. On insane. you know three shots a game, which is you know not nothing. That's so. Colin Sexton esque. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Is so it, yeah, is the Sexton still like up around fifty percent from three or something like that? You're insane um, like that? Yeah, maybe he, not even going over for four tonight. Good. But before tonight, yeah, he was the only player in the NBA averaging over twenty five while shooting over fifty percent from three and or over fifty percent from the field and over fifty percent from three. And I think uh, tonight's numbers probably dropped him down below fifty percent. Yeah. He's down to like forty seven point two, but still, yeah. I mean that's yeah. Insane. No, he sh- he shot very well this year, and you know, like like we've said in earlier podcasts, it's weird when he misses open open yeah. threes anymore. Which is meanwhile, which is a good thing. I have zero confidence in Jetty Osman's shot because <laughs> every time I watch him play, like I said, yeah, he goes like o for o for the game or like one for seven or. I yeah, mean, the Cavs I definitely have a lot of high variance, like Chetty Osmond, Andre Drummond. Like, Andre Drummond, one of my most frustrated. I agree. <laughs> I agree, because you look at his game, and you're like, gosh, this, this guy should be a this guy should be a 2020 machine. Like, he should be, like, no question. And he just, I don't know, he's, he's so inefficient with he shooting the ball because he thinks he's a point guard. In inexplicable terms. I don't. I do not like the Andre Drummond point center point center experience. I uh, do not like. Yeah, in that Lakers game when they turned it over three straight times, I wanted to try remote through my TV. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening? Yeah. Like, why would you ever do this?" Yeah. Well, what what do you think you could get for Drummond on the open market? I mean, do you think there's even there's, a, a trade out there to be made, or do you there's think he's, probably? I think the only trade that's out there is probably Dallas. Yeah. Um, what about Portland with Nurkic out? I they don't the problem is is Portland they don't want to trade Nurkic and they right. don't and it's not like Nurkic is out for the season and there's just not I enough they, I wish they'd trade I wish there was a way they would trade Drummond for CJ. Oh yeah. I I do too, but that's not happening. No, I know, that's pipe dream stuff, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean I actually think I Dallas actually, for Dwight Powell and um other guy. Uh James Johnson, who's an expiring contract, and then right. maybe like and a future first or you know, right to swap or something. But it's not gonna be it'd probably be like a top twenty protected or something. At the very least lottery protected. They're not getting a lottery pick out of it. Maybe a second. No. You know, no, not with that. Not with that. Not with an expiring twenty-eight million dollar contract. Yeah. Well, who was no. the guy I said? So they do have a rookie they drafted this year, 
Um, now, now I got to look it up. Who his Dallas? Name, yeah, his name is Green. Oh yeah, Jay Green. Another J- Josh Green. Josh Green. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe you do Josh Green, 18th pick of this draft. You know, one of the things that Dallas wants is to uh, clear the decks a little bit to be able to sign. You could take Willie Colley Stein, no? Well, you could, but he doesn't make a lot of money, and he's on yeah. the last year of his contract. Like, that's not I really. I want to get an... Jalen Brunson, man. Why don't we get him? <laughs> but those guys aren't really assets. You know what I mean? No, I know. I know. You got to take money. But yeah. I think pa- but Powell, Powell would be money, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Green is, yeah, Powell would be money, help him clear the decks for um a future, for signing guys this summer, so maybe you can get first-round talent out of giving him Drummond and taking on that Powell contract. That's probably where there's value. Um, yeah. The other place I could see maybe, but it seems unlikely, is um Sacramento for, like, Harrison Barnes. Um, otherwise, yeah. I would say, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good one. Although but, they got Bagley at center, right? I mean, well, yeah, that no Bagley really plays the three and the four. What about Toronto? So that was the other place, but the problem with Toronto, again, the contracts don't make sense unless they move Lowry. So you're either getting Kyle Lowry there, which but why wouldn't they move Lowry? Well, I mean, they got well, they're Van, playing they better got without him. They're actually playing better when he's not on the floor. But if yeah. you're the Cavs, do you want Lowry? Because he's not re-signing with you. Like, what other assets are you getting with that? No, but, or you but pulling imagine, third imagine how much Lowry helps you develop your develop your you know your shooters and your bigs. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I just you you want to get an asset that's beyond this year, um, and I'm not sure Lowry, you know, does that. Um, yeah. The the other uh, see now you got me curious. The other one with the Raptors is um, you know, you could do you could really work it and get Norman Powell, Aaron Baines, and like a Patrick McCaw just to make the salaries work, and that gets you. Oh, McCaw, get McCaw back. That gets you close, but I mean, obviously he'd be a, a guy you'd, you'd need wave. a first. You'd need a you'd need a first rounder out of him for that, right? If you're gonna, I would feel like it because two Bain's, of those guys are on. Been kind of a disaster for them, right? Yeah, and, and then, he's on a two year deal, um, right? So it would be a little bit of a salary dump. Um, yeah, you know, you you could probably do and that, but then you got to take on cal- salary if you're the Cavs, and do you want to go over the tax? You know, there's that's true. And they do have a lot of interesting young players. You know, they got Terrence Davis. Um, they they do have a decent collection of draft picks in the future. So I like that Chris Boucher kid, but I doubt they give him up. He is only so he's actually older than Andre Drummond. Is he really? He is about six months older than Andre Drummond. Isn't that crazy? That's hilarious. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's only in his third season. Was he just he kicked around the G League? I guess. I think huh? either kicked around the G League or he played in Europe. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. See, now I got to go look. That's <laughs> cliche. <laughs> but the problem is, is, is from what I've heard about him, is he? I haven't watched him really. He's on my fantasy team. That's all I know about him. He puts up decent out numbers. He's on your fantasy team. You should watch him. <laughs> 
there are as you know as well as I do, there are only so many hours in the day, and no, I, I am not I, making time to watch. I could even do fantasy this year. Yeah, I know. yeah. I mean, he he's definitely a guy that has has been intriguing, but I guess as an individual defense from an individual defense standpoint, he's not that good. Um, yeah, you know. There's a possibility there, but that the Cavs would have to do like three contracts for one or get Kyle Lowry, and I'm not sure either one of those are tenable. Um, yeah. But I, I'm with you. I actually think Kyle Lowry would be nice, and if you want to make a playoff push, he's the guy that could help you do it. But well, he's yeah. also 34, and if you're going to re-sign him, what is you know a deal next year or the year after? Luka? Right. No, that's true. And, and you know, look, the Cavs really do have to start because they're going to have to start thinking about what what they're going to do with Sexton, you know, in, in terms of a new deal for him. Um, you know, they're they're going to have to start, you know, they're going to start figuring some of these other guys out. You know, I mean, do you like do you think they regret giving the contract to Jetty? No, they, I don't think they regret giving the contract to Jetty at all. I mean, for his production, he's actually a steal. And, right. and, you know, you forget Jetty's only in his fourth year in the league. Like, yeah. it feels like he's a lot older just because so much has happened. But, you know, Chetty Osman, I don't even think he's 25 yet. Now I got to look it up. Hot researching action on. Kevin I think Kibonte. he is 25, but I think he's only 25. Like yeah, I, 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 I believe that you are. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, he is 25. Um, he'll be 26 in April. But, you know, only in his fourth season. So, you know, for his production, 13 points. Um, he is not shooting well from – he's shooting under 40% from the field, but that's because he's putting up these weak-ass layups. Right. <laughs> um, but he's still shooting well from three, 37%. Um, but, but given his production, $11 million a year for a 25-year-old wing that scores 13 points a game is not, you know, terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, that's true. And well, they've they I mean, messed with his role a million times this year, and that can't be easy either. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe I I don't know. I just I, there's something weird about when I actually watch the games and how he I, the ratio to how poorly he plays. Is just well, I don't think he, I don't think he likes people from California. From what I that heard. could be, but I'm you know I mean I'm sort of disguising myself in Romania right now, so yeah. I don't know. So you know my nickname for him, right? No, other than the Jedi, or no, the Night Stalker. Oh yeah, he does because look he like, looks uh, exactly like Richard he looks Ramirez. Like Richard Ramirez. Yeah, you're right. He does. Um, I watched that that uh, that documentary on Netflix. Yeah, documentary, yeah, I watched it yeah. last week as well. And my wife, like every time he came on screen, I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's Chetty with a tan." <laughs> so so true, and sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy. And of course, Chetty has much. Better. Yeah, but that was you're right. But that was uncanny for sure. Yeah, and. Also, if you haven't watched a really good documentary. Um, yeah, no, I did. I watched it. It was really Oh, I was really saying cool. for the audience. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the other people we're talking to. Yes. Yeah. No, Although, I, I thought it was, it was really, really well done Although the way they I, interviewed there's the There's so many like ridiculous things that happen in it that yeah. you're, I'm just like, well, how is that possible? Like, why did they, why did they release this to the media? Like, it's just Yeah, so no, it was like... I'm honestly just shocked that hasn't been a movie like about those two cops. Yeah. I mean, no, they were, they were, that, that was a great team up. That was like a, 
It was like something out of like Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah. And also the crazy thing about it was just like how many just bizarre coincidences or near misses and stuff like that there were before they caught the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, it, it is a crazy story for sure. And he and an unbelievably evil human being. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, just, no, it, you just it shocks you that, you know, that it something like that actually actually could happen. But yeah, what was the name of the documentary? Fear, fear. No, not Fear City. Um, wasn't it just called The Night Stalker? The Night Stalker. Yeah, Fear City yeah. was the other documentary I watched on Netflix, which was Netflix, which was about um, taking on the mob in New York in the eight, in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah. Um, which was absolutely bizarre because there's all these interviews with Rudy Giuliani, who was the U.S. District Attorney then, and now is a a buffoon. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 be polite, um, and it's just it's just really weird. But yeah, that, that one ever, that one was a decent that, one too. You ever read but that book, I, uh, Flowers for Algernon. Yeah. <laughs> you know when the the really dumb guy gets like really smart, and then yes, and then he, eventually he reverts back to really being really dumb yeah. again, like. That's really, really Giuliani to me. Like, yeah. Oh, that, there was a Simpsons episode about that where Homer yeah. dug the uh, crayon out of his nose <laughs> and yeah. got really smart. It was apparently yeah. it was impacting his brain. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say, I've been watching this. I just started watching this documentary um, uh, on Netflix called um, was it Spycraft. Okay. Really, really good. Really interesting. Just like a whole sort of like anthology about the kind of the history of, of spycraft, you know, not just in the U.S. and Soviet Okay, that would be interesting. Yeah, like it's really it's really kind of amazing some of the stuff that actually existed or huh. exists. Yeah. Now, um, so the one I've been watching recently, and I plugged in on a previous podcast, but I think you would absolutely love this show, uh, is Raised by Wolves. Oh yeah, no, I haven't got around to that one yet. Oh, man, so I, I very, like... very in the Ridley Scott universe yeah. of you know the androids and Blade Runner and sure. um, uh, the, the premise is that it's basically two a man and a woman android are taking are raising the last of humanity on an alien planet. Um, that is the only other habitable planet that they found in the, in the galaxy. Um, it, mm. it just super interesting. Um, it sounds cool. Yeah. No, it, it, it was pretty well done. The, uh, the one thing that's great about it is they don't, especially in the first couple episodes, they waste no space. Like the first, ep- the, the very first episode has the energy of a season finale in it, which is, which is really good. Like, oh. Okay. It, it's not boring. They don't take a ton of time to set everything up. So it, it's definitely a, a fun show. I don't know if you saw Vikings when it was yeah, out. Yeah, I like Vikings a lot. So yeah. the, the lead from Vikings is, is one of the main characters in it. The, the guy, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, and then a lot of the other actors are, are really actors you've, you've never really seen before. So it, it's kind of fun to see some fresh faces too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it very it much is in the uh, the evil genius wheelhouse. Yeah, so. very cool. I will definitely put that on my on my queue. Cool. 
Uh, so that's my pitch for this week. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything else other than, you know, get your vaccine if you can. <laughs> let's all, let's all get healthy. Yeah. I'm tired of staring at the same four walls. Yeah, seriously, man. I've, I've been reading about all the new like mutations and things like that. Oh, which it's is terrifying. Kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, stay safe, buddy. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, I gotta say, like this this place is, um, you know, compared to like you know leaving California, which was like obviously one of the one of the epicenters of of how this this pandemic is ravaging the population, and coming to you know Romania, it's like. You know, I mean, I'm in Bucharest and there's about two million people here and they've had, I think, I think last month they had, they, they were down to about 8,000 cases or something like that. Like it's really been fairly well contained over here and people, you know, people wear the masks and, you know, and people are getting, are getting vaccinated. It's just a different experience. Um, Interesting. You know, so what's flying like? It's weird. Um, <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, I had, I had, I mean, I, I had to get, uh, I had to get a test set. It was, yeah, I misread it. It was, a, it was supposed to be a test like 72 hours before my flight or no, no more than 72 hours before my flight, which, so I did it because I wanted to make sure I got the results in time. But then I reread the, like the fine print from the airline and said, Oh no, it's 72 hours from the time you land in the country. And I had to go through Amsterdam and, it wasn't, I was going to miss the cutoff because I'd got it to like a, like a day too early by, you know, trying to make sure like I got the results in time. So I like in a, in a panic had to go out and get a, a like a, like a rapid test and pay like, you know, a couple hundred dollars for it, um, to get it the same day, like the, the, the morning before my flight. So in it was just Amsterdam? Kind of, no, no, no. In, in LA before oh, I left. Okay. It's kind of insane. And then, um, you know, not, it's funny, like, like not because they travel me business class for for the job I'm doing, but um, but it didn't seem like they were too all that spaced out in the in the economy anymore. Yeah, like and, that, and is that, everybody wearing a mask? Everybody's supposed to, yeah. yeah. And for the most part, people seem like they do. I had the mask with the with the all, the additional like face shield over top of it too. Cause <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to take any chances. Cause, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not bud. a young. I'm not a young man, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be a casualty. So uh, I'm. I'm with you. Stay safe. And but so far, so good. I've had you know we on this this film I'm doing. We we've been even though we're just in prep right now. We you know we've been doing. Uh, we test we test all the entire crew and and everybody uh, weekly. And then when we start shooting, we'll be we'll be testing like our cast and crew like twice twice a week. And we have these. Um, you know, we have the PCR test, but we also have the rapid test. So, we, okay. you know, we, we get a pretty good idea and can, you know, mm, shut it down if, you know, if anybody is positive. So, um, and not knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so far so good, but you know, you, you haven't had any, uh, Tom Cruise moments. No. Of, of him no. screaming at the crew, of anyone and screaming if I did, at the I'd crew. I'd make sure there weren't any cameras around. <laughs> <laughs> or audio audio yeah. devices around. I think it's just best not to do those things because <laughs> they always come back to bite you. But yeah, um, I understood his. I understood his. No, I, I I actually. It's oh. funny. It's like most people's most empathetic moment for Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're like, well, you know, I mean, you, you shouldn't have to call people out like that. I mean, well, that's true. Have these yeah. conversations in private without. You know, 
getting you know losing your cool that way but um yeah you know, teach their sure. own um do you get but, the thing uh, on the plane or uh you know even in europe at all like where you got the guy with the mask below his nose and it's driving you oh, crazy yeah. yeah the chin diaper yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah. it happens you know yeah. i mean when people just they, they have different philosophies about about actually you know wearing the thing but you know, I wear, on, on I wear hand, two masks. I, I applaud the effort to to wear something at all. On the other hand, it's like, well, dude, learn how to actually use it and, and know that it, you know having your nose exposed is actually probably worse than having your mouth exposed. But <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I've, um, been, I've been wearing two masks because they're yeah. supposedly more effective. And yeah, that's what they say. You should you should kind of do the N95 and then a medical grade over top or below it. <laughs> yeah, so. that's. So it's funny because my, my wife is friends with an ER doc and he has, you know, not gotten it, but he literally, um, wears the N95. He puts it on before he goes in, doesn't take it off till he gets back out to his car, puts the medical mask over that, has the face shield. And then if he goes around anybody that has it, he's literally in the, you know, he's like, I look like Michael J. Fox when he gets yeah. out of his car and, yeah, and uh, back to the future. And then, but the other crazy thing is he covers his helmet with like uh hand sanitizer or his headgear with hand sanitizer. So he has something to always be able to sanitize his hands with. Right. So, I mean, it's crazy, but he has yeah. stayed safe. So, uh, you know, more power to him and must be working then. Yeah. Um, and, and thank God for all our healthcare providers because they're, they're doing the Lord's yeah. work. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I did have one other thing to pitch. Um, so I don't typically miss a lot of, um, a lot of bands, but this one got through my radar for a long time until, uh, just, I was actually, I was sitting in the restaurant at the hotel that I'm staying in and heard this song come on and I, and I shazammed it and, uh, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of these guys, but and, and they've had a few albums. Um, this, do you know this band Husbands? I have never heard of them. All right. So, um, they're this, this is, this, this like basically like these three French guys that, that are from different, different, uh, groups, but they get together and, you know, and, and kind of form this, this band called Husbands. And the new album that came out, uh, early in 2020, I guess, is called After the Gold Rush Party. But, okay. um, a little Neil listen- Young reference there for you. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to listen to, listen to an intro song to them, um, track four on the, on this album, uh, called Mexico is the one. And it's, it's got this sort of like, almost like, almost kind of like, like uh indie surf pop uh nice kind of a vibe to it but um but the whole thing is the whole album's really good it's very very listenable i mean it's short it's only it's only about 35 minutes but um i'll check them but out they've got yeah they've got and this is just their most recent they've got like i think four or five other previous albums they've been around since um i want to say like 2012 or 13 but um yeah just one of those bands that just kind of got through my Got through my my ra- my 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 usually fairly attuned music radar, and uh, I just I've, I've been like kind of listening to the this uh, after the Gold Rush party pretty nonstop while I've been here in Bucharest. So cool. Well, uh, I don't know if you caught my recommendation last week, but there's a band 
called Rat Boys, which oh yeah, has I saw a that. Yeah, I, heard, I, I remember hearing about that. You and Tom. Yeah, you Tom. T- this, the track you should check out that I think is just brilliant is called Control. Okay, uh, it's off their their second album um, that came out a few years ago, and then um, the other thing I've been getting into is Mick Ronson. I just started oh, yeah. on a Mick Ronson kick today, who was the cool. guitarist for uh, Ziggy Stardust and the, and the Spiders from Mars and on about oh. half the early 70s Bowie's albums um, and was a producer. I didn't even know this all the way through the 70s and 80s. Um, so r- super interesting guy. Um, there's a really good article on um, that I read about him and I'll, I'll post a link to it on the on the blog. But uh, yeah, Mick Ronson underrated guitar hero so yeah no that's cool yeah so i i don't have anything else uh Cavs take on minnesota on sunday the yep is it a home again on on uh monday right tuesday, but, oh, or monday or tuesday, tuesday but back in cleveland so it's yeah. like a weird like away and home back to back so I, I actually don't hate that like i thought it would be weird but i i actually like kind of a little bit, bit more like baseball where yeah. you're, where you're playing the same team a little more often, so yeah. Uh, Although I wish it was not uh, Western Conference teams they're doing that with. I guess <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I like I get. Although the get, Timberwolves aren't really a Western Conference team. I mean, I mean they are, but you know they're only a time zone away. But it is, yeah. That's weird. It's Sunday and Monday. Like that's a yeah. strange back to back in different places. I guess <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It is. I did like I did kind of like what they did with the like with the Brooklyn series where the both games were in Brooklyn in Cleveland. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like although that weirdly wasn't a back to back, it was to a day with a day. Out, in yeah. 20. Well, everybody's got to take an extra night in. in so. But they have the, the the Milwaukee one that's coming up is they're both at the at the the they call it the Rock now because it's the the. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Yep. I, I, I heard AC Man, calling it. that schedule is brutal. Oh, dude, it's insane. I mean, look. They're at, playing, look. what, five games next week. Yeah. <laughs> between and, Sunday and, and Saturday. And it's not just, I mean, the fact that they have to play, I mean, yes, Minnesota is not great, but then the Clippers, two against the Bucks, at Phoenix, at Denver, at Portland, at the Clippers at Golden State, and then come home and play San Antonio. I mean, Oklahoma City is probably the next like, yeah, you should probably win that game, and yeah. that's not until February twenty first. So like, that's a that's a long stretch, man. Yeah, I mean, and next week they play a back to back Sunday Monday, then they play Wednesday, then they play Friday Saturday, and then they play Monday again. It's like Oof. yeah, it's and it's not a lot of breaks. No. So. No, uh, so let's hope they stay, stay healthy, healthy, everybody. Let's hope they, yes, let's hope they they can recover and uh, you know find find some more answers on uh, at least offensively, and then that yeah. should help. That should help them, you know, with because look, they 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 still only gave up uh, 101 points tonight to yeah. set some screens off the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go Cavs! Go Cavs! Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out.